Well, you know, in preaching class, they tell you never to start a sermon with an apology. Uh, but I need to start one, uh, this sermon with an apology because I'm not sure where the breakdown in communication was, but that wasn't the passage that I was supposed to read. Yeah. <laughs> Vern, is, Vern is looking at me, shaking her head, going, yeah, that didn't make sense. So it was, uh, it was supposed to be Genesis 41, so uh, not Genesis 31. So, so let me start with an apology, doing something you're not supposed to do and say, sorry about that, but uh, we're actually looking in Genesis chapter 40 and 41, not Genesis 31. I don't know. We'll, uh, we're all going to go, and you know what's going to happen now, of course? We're all going to go home as soon as this is over and check our emails and see, where did it go wrong? Was it me or was it someone else? You know, isn't that what happens after something like this? You always go, oh, oh, who, 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 who got that one wrong? Um, probably me, but I don't know. Anyway, sorry about that. Okay, we are looking at Genesis chapter 40. Uh, and uh, into chapter 41, looking at our friend uh, Joseph again. And this is a passage where he uh, goes through some ups and downs. We have some ups and downs in the dreams uh, and through this uh, section uh, of, pass- of Scripture where we see dreams playing an important part. And they go up and down. It causes uh, some ups and downs in the life of Joseph. And you know, we all have those ups and downs in life. We have those times when life seems to wear us down and break us down. And we feel maybe even a little defeated at times and we feel like everything is is going wrong. You know, there's there's a kid's book. What is it? Alexander's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Day. Any parents and kids remember reading that one? Sure you do where everything, for this poor kid, everything seems to go wrong. And just, when, uh, just when, when, when something happens and he thinks, well, that must be the last thing, then uh, life just sort of digs the hole a little deeper and down he goes and uh, uh, into something else goes wrong in his day. And we have those sorts of days and those actually sorts of even periods or times of our life. Those of you who are a little bit older may remember back in 1992. Do you remember the Queen's annual address in 1992 where she talked about the Annus Horribilis? Does anybody remember that? I do. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of you who, who are old enough to remember that. Um, and that was, that's Latin and it just means terrible year. And the royal family had just gone through one thing after another that year. And so even the the great in the world, and even the powerful uh, experience these sorts of ups and downs. But what goes along with the downs are the, the ups as well. We have those great times. You know, think about those fantastic vacations you have where all the plans come together nicely. The, uh, the weather is beautiful. The scenery is amazing. The food is great. And you, you get that nice balance of, of rest and activity. And you come away from that just feeling wonderful. Or those spiritual mountaintop experiences where you spend that time with God. And it's rich and a deep time. And you come away from that just feeling so spiritually uplifted. So we have those ups and downs in life. Those are, are, are what happens. And here in this passage from Genesis chapter 40 verse 1 to 41 verse 40, 
we read about some downs and then an up in, uh, in Joseph's life. And they all revolve in this passage around dreams. And so we want us to, to, to stop and think about and look at our friend uh, Joseph here. So Joseph, if you remember back in uh, Genesis chapter 39, Joseph ended up in prison. Unfairly, uh, unfairly put into prison. He was sort of uh, framed by Potiphar's wife. He wouldn't do what she wanted him to do, so she uh, made it up and, and Joseph ended up in prison. Joseph had been doing very well. He was in charge of Potiphar's house and he was in control of things and life was going well and we leave Joseph. We left Joseph the last time we looked at this story. We left him in prison. And yet it wasn't in despair because the Bible tells us the end of Genesis chapter 39 that Joseph was in prison. It says the Lord was with him. In, uh, in Genesis 39.21, it says the Lord was with him. And in Genesis 29.23, it says the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So we leave Joseph off uh, in prison, doing well. Joseph is absolutely rocking prison life here. Joseph, whatever it looks like to succeed in prison, Joseph is doing it. So God is with Joseph and is blessing him. And so Joseph seems to be put in charge somehow of what's going on in the prison. The warden is not concerned about anything because Joseph is somehow the chief prisoner, the head prisoner, and Joseph is making sure things in prison are running well. And so Joseph... Uh, is there, he's working away in prison, and he gets a couple of special prisoners, a couple of people who had close relationship with the king of Egypt, uh, Pharaoh. And it was the cupbearer uh, for the king of Egypt and uh, the baker. So these two, uh, two guys who were in, active in the Pharaoh's uh, court and interacting with Pharaoh find themselves on the wrong side of Pharaoh for whatever reason. It doesn't say, it just says that Pharaoh was angry with these guys and his response was, throw them in prison. So these two guys end up in prison and it says that uh, the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph. So Joseph was now looking after these two men, the cupbearer and the baker. These two friends, these two colleagues of Pharaoh, these two men who were, had a close uh, tie to Pharaoh. And now Joseph is in prison with them. You know, you never know who you're going to meet along the way as you go through life. Here now Joseph has, uh, uh, has this interaction, this relationship with these two guys. You never know who you're going to meet along the way. A number of years ago, uh, Lydia and I, we were, uh, when we were missionaries, we were invited to go to People's Church in Toronto to be part of their missions conference. And so we got, we, got a, we got a letter from them and saying, you know, contact uh, Pastor Jerry Organ uh, at People's Church to arrange the details. Well, as soon as I read that letter, I thought, Jerry Organ. Now, I know that name. That name is very familiar. And I was trying to think, who was he? You know, you know that time when, you're, when you hear a name or you read it, you go, I know that person. So I'm trying to think, was he someone I had gone to seminary with? Was he someone I knew from the business world? So anyway, I was trying to think, couldn't think of who he was. 
So I, uh, so I phoned him up and, and I said, introduced myself and he said, oh yeah, yeah. And I said, but before we get into the business, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've met somewhere because your name is very familiar to me. And he said, well, I don't, your name's not familiar to me. I don't know where we would have met. And I said, well, maybe were we at seminary? And I told him when I was at seminary. And I said, were you in some of my classes? And he kind of gave a little chuckle. He said, no, no, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't in seminary with you. So I said, well, maybe we were in business together. And I told him the kind of business I was doing. I said, were you a customer or maybe a supplier or something along the way? And he kind of laughed and he said, uh, he said, no, 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 I never had any dealings with you in business. And so I said, well, I, I don't know, but I'm sure I'd heard, I've, I've met you or, or I know you somewhere. And then he laughed and he, he laughed and, and he said, you know, you, the, the, way, the reason you know me is I was the kicker for the Ottawa Rough Riders for about 13 years. Uh, and I said, okay, yeah, that's where I've heard your name before. So... Uh, he played, he was playing along with me a little bit there. He knew, I'm sure he knew as soon as I said that, I'm sure he knew why I knew him, his name. Anyway, you never know who you're going to come in contact with as you go through life. And, uh, here Joseph is in, is with these, um, two men, the cupbearer and the baker. And they've been in custody for a while. It doesn't say exactly how long, but it says in chapter 40, verse 4, it says they've been in custody for some time. Each of these men have a dream. And they're puzzled by their dream. They don't know what, uh, what these dreams mean. And so, uh, uh, so Joseph sees them the next morning and he sees that they're, they're dejected. They're, they're, they're sad. Because they, they realize at some level that they've had a dream and these dreams have some importance, but they don't know what it means. And so Joseph asked them, why are your faces so sad today? And he says, we've had these dreams, but we don't know how to interpret them. What are we going to do? We've, we know we've got something, there's some message in there, but we don't know what it is and we don't know how to interpret it. And Joseph says in verse, chapter 40, verse 8, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So Joseph recognizes that uh, it's not him who's going to interpret the dreams, but God is going to interpret the dreams. And so they tell them the dreams. The chief cupbearer first tells him, and then Joseph tells him what it's going to, to mean. It's, it, he, it, the the cupbearer is in a good place. He says the, the Pharaoh is going to lift up your head, restore your position, and uh, you're going to be back where you were, serving Pharaoh. And so this is, this is good. And Joseph gets in a word for himself there. He says, okay, if that happens, uh, he, well, actually, Joseph's a little more positive that, uh, than that. He says, when that happens, when, the, when it goes well with you, just remember about me, because I'm the one who, who interpreted this dream for you. So Joseph says, uh, remember me. Then the baker tells Joseph the dream. The, uh, he was expecting good news from Joseph as well, but Joseph has bad news for the baker. Uh, Pharaoh's going to lift his head off the tree, uh, off his head and hang it on a tree, and the birds are going to eat away his flesh. And sure enough, that's uh, what ends up happening. So Joseph, here's some ups and downs even in, dream, in the dreams. The cupbearer has a good dream, and it's positive for him. The baker has 
not such a good dream and interpretation, and it doesn't go well with him. And so that's actually what ends up happening. Tough situation for Joseph, though. The cupbearer forgets about Joseph. The cupbearer forgets who it is that gave him the interpretation of the dream. And Joseph is languishing there in prison because the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. Two years go by, Joseph's still in prison, presumably still doing what he uh, has to do, and Pharaoh has a dream. Now it's Pharaoh's turn to have a dream. So this is the second set of dreaming going on here. And the next morning after Pharaoh has his dream, Pharaoh tells uh, what his dream is. But uh, it was troubling him. So he sends for people to interpret the dreams for him. And then the cupbearer. After two years, the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. And he says, hey, there was this fellow in prison that told us our dreams. Maybe he can help you. And so they call for Joseph. And Joseph's brought from uh, the dungeon. He's brought from prison. And he's made presentable. And he goes before Pharaoh. And uh, he says again, God will answer. God will show you what this dream means. It's not coming from him. And so uh, he gives him the, 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 the interpretation of the dream. There's going to be seven years of, 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 of bountiful harvest. And after that, there's going to be seven years of famine. And so that's how the Pharaoh's dream is interpreted. Then Joseph goes and he gives a little bit of advice. He he moves away from the dream and he says, okay, uh, he says, now, this is Genesis chapter 41, verse 33. Let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man who can put away, who can organize the, the harvest in Egypt and put away some every year of the bountiful harvest so that you've got some for the, for the famine. And that's plan, it says, it seems good to Pharaoh. Verse 37, Genesis 41, verse 37. It seems good to Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh says to Joseph, you should be the one who initiates this plan. You should be the one who puts this plan into place. And so all of a sudden, Joseph is taken from the dungeons and put at the right hand of Pharaoh. And he says, Pharaoh says to Joseph, only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So all of a sudden, Joseph goes from the languishing in prison to sitting at the right hand of Pharaoh, uh, literally the second in command of all of Egypt. These are the ups and downs of dreams and of, of life in general. And so as we look at this, as we think about this, what do we, what do we see in terms of Joseph? What lessons can we learn? The first thing we can see is that God blesses through faithful service. Joseph just faithfully goes along and does whatever God wants him to do. So what does this faithful service look like? When we think about faithful service, what does it, what does it look like here? Joseph is just pressing on despite the difficulties. Colossians 3.23, Paul talks about this. And he he talks about moving on and keeping going and just doing what you need to do. And that's what Joseph was doing. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men. 
Whatever you do, work at it as though you're working for the Lord. Somehow I think that's what Joseph had in mind when he uh, was there in prison. Of course, he didn't have Colossians uh, 3.23. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter, uh, chapter 9 as well uh, tells a, uh, says it in a similar way. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. And so that sort of wisdom was there and that's what Joseph seems to be applying. Just being faithful. Doing whatever you should, day by day, wherever God has placed you, just keep going. Just keep doing it. We have no indication from Scripture that Joseph complained or grumbled or was miserable about his situation, but he just kept going. He just kept serving and doing whatever he was supposed to do. Wherever, whatever situation he found himself in, he was doing his best in it. And that's the kind of faithful service that seems to be rewarded here in the life of Joseph. Just keep going on. Just keep pressing on and doing what God wants you to do. That's often not our response, though, when we face difficulties and challenges. Often our response is that we grumble and we complain. And we might, uh, we might be tempted to just give up when things aren't going our way. We just run away. Or we just ignore it. We just say, I give up. I surrender. How many of you, when you've ever had a hard day, you, uh, you go home and you go into your bedroom and you close your door and you go into your, you climb into bed and you pull the sheet up over your head and you just say, I just, I just want to hide from all of this. You know, I just want to hide from the world. This is just miserable. And so you just go into that, into that place on your own and you just try and hide away from the world. And that's one response. We might also want to just grumble and complain and, and tell everybody how miserable my life is and what a terrible uh, time I'm having and how uh, life doesn't treat me fairly and how things are just uh, miserable in every aspect of my life. Joseph doesn't seem to do that. He just gets on and does what he can in the place where he is placed. Now, Joseph isn't perfect. He is like us. Because if you look in Genesis chapter 40, verse 15, he does grumble a little bit. He says, For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. So Joseph is human. He does a little grumbling there. But he doesn't let that define him, and he doesn't let that define who he is as a person. Instead, he just does whatever he needs to do and does it well. And he gets recognized for that. And so, going on despite the difficulties is one of the ways that, uh, that, that we can show our faithful service to God. The other thing that we can see in faithfully serving God is that we don't take credit for God's work. And we see that in Joseph. And he does that twice. You know, it would be easy for, for Joseph to say, I can interpret those dreams. You know, look at me. I'm really wise. I know these things. I am in charge of these things. I know how to interpret dreams. But Joseph doesn't do that. He says, 
interpretations in Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. He says, interpretations, he says, do not, do not interpretations belong to God? He's recognizing those interpretations are going to, any interpretation is going to come from God. He says, tell me your dreams. I, I might be, God might give me the wisdom to interpret your dreams because Joseph has had dreams before. He's understood what they mean. But he's not taking credit for it. He's not trying to say, I can do this and, and, and you should pay attention to me. He doesn't say that. And even with Pharaoh, he, again, he acknowledges that dream, the interpretations uh, of dreams come from God. So in Genesis chapter 41, verse 14, it says, So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you cannot interpret it. Look at what Joseph says there in verse 16. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. It would have been easy for Joseph to say at that point, sure, I can do that for you. And everyone would think, wow, look at Joseph. He's amazing. But he says, I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Joseph had no interest in taking credit for the things that God was doing. And that's what faithful service looks like. We don't take credit for what God is doing. We don't take credit for the things when we see God doing something around us. We don't say, well, that's me. That's me who's doing it. Instead, we point to God and we say, I can't do these things. These things belong to God. These things are from God Himself. And so... We don't take credit for them. And so part of Joseph's faithful service was not taking credit for the things that God is doing. And we need to be careful for us as well that we don't take credit. When God uses us in some way, we might be tempted to say, wow, I'm really good. I'm really good at that. Whatever it is that God might be doing, we might say, yes, that's, uh, that's my effort. And that's, uh, that's my wisdom that's going into that. Instead, we need to take that same attitude as Joseph and say, no, it comes from God. So we don't want to be taking credit for God's work. The last thing there about faithful service is we wait for God's timing. We don't have any indication that Joseph was, was, was getting uh, sort of fed up with all this waiting here. He had been in prison for some time before the cupbearer and the baker come, and then he spent two years after, after he gets this commitment from the cupbearer to uh, say something about him, to remember him. Uh, Joseph waits patiently for God's timing. Somehow Joseph knows that all this is going to unfold in, in, in God's timing. And not to, not to rush it. Not to put forth our timing and say, this is our schedule that we need to keep to. Instead, we, we hold it loosely and we say, God, I'll wait for your time in these things. I'll wait for your time. You know, a lot of times we, uh, uh, we want to have uh, plans and goals 
and objectives for our lives. We have goals we want to reach. And we were just talking with someone this week and they've got uh, some goals that they, they were, we were talking to them about some goals that they have in their life. And their goal is eventually to start a small non-governmental organization, a small charitable organization and do this kind of certain kind of work. And they've got some kind of time frame on it. But it was, it, it, they were looking at it in a, in a healthy sort of way. And they were saying, we're not sure. We're, we're pretty sure this is what God wants for us, but we're not sure whether it's three years, five years, ten years down the road. We're happy to wait for God's timing and do the things that, that God has called us to do today. And take one step at a time. And we have a sense this is where God is leading us eventually. But we're not sure on the time frame. And I thought that's very healthy. Because you're not putting your own time frame on that, but you're letting God do it. You've got a vision from God of something that you sense God wants you to do, but you're not, you're not constraining God and telling Him, this has to be done in the next two years or three years or five years. And Joseph seems to be content to faithfully serve and wait for God's timing to work out uh, for him to be released. So we see in all that, uh, Joseph is faithfully serving God. Joseph is faithfully serving God. The second thing we see in this passage of, uh, of Joseph is that God can bless uh, despite mistakes. God can bless despite mistakes. You know, there's, there's mistakes are made and the, the, the cupbearer is the one here in this, in this passage that seems to make the mistake. He forgets Joseph. He forgets something. He forgets something important. Poor old Joseph sitting in prison and waiting for, uh, to be, uh, to have something happen, to, to, to get this situation resolved. And the cupbearer forgets poor old Joseph. We all do those sorts of things, though, don't we? Just this week, I, uh, uh, Pastor Don asked me if I could uh, take him to the airport for his trip to Germany. And he said, when you come, can you bring me that thing on my desk chair, my, you know, my back support? And I said, sure, no problem. I'm going to be coming from the office. I'll get it. And so as soon as I hung up the phone, I went to his office I took it off his chair. I put it on the chair in my office right beside the door and said, great, I won't forget it. I'll pick it up. I'll see it there as I'm walking out the door and I won't forget it. You guys know where the story is going, right? I get, I get it. I pick up Don at his home. We're on our way to the airport. And he says, yeah, where's that blue pillow thing? Ah, can we turn around? Do we have time to turn around and go back and get it? Because it's sitting on the chair in my office waiting for me to pick it up right beside the door so that I don't forget it, which I did, of course. So, you know, we all have these sorts of things. We can't be too hard on the cupbearer because you can imagine the cupbearer. He's, he's out of prison. Not only is he out of prison, he didn't meet the same fate as his friend the baker who ended up dead. So he's rejoicing in how quickly he forgets about Joseph. That's a natural thing. And yet God blesses through these mistakes that he makes. God eventually turns the situation around. And so we need to, uh, to, to recognize that God can bless even despite the mistakes we make. When we make mistakes, 
There's some things we can do. We can apologize quickly. And certainly that was the first words out of my mouth when Pastor Don asked me where that blue thing was. Was, wow, I'm sorry. Uh, and he was very forgiving about that. But, uh, um, but you do feel bad. But anyway, you apologize quickly when you make a mistake. You make some kind of restitution. Try and go back to the person that you've offended or you've made the mistake for and say, what can I do to make it up to you? And I said to Don, I said, let's go back. Let's go back to the office. We'll pick it up. And he said, no, we don't need to do that. But, you know, I was, I, I was, I was happy to do that because it was my fault. I'd forgotten to do what he'd asked me to do. You can ask God to forgive you. You need to do that. When you make a mistake, when you fall and you, uh, you sin and you do something wrong, you need to be quick to go to God too and ask for forgiveness. And then the last thing you need to learn from it, learn from it, learn something, learn a lesson, but keep moving forward. Don't get stuck looking back at the, at the mistakes you made. Maybe some of you are like that, but it's, uh, even if you're not like that, I'm sure some of you know people who seem to get stuck. They've made some mistake in life and they can't move forward. They're, they're, they haven't uh, really moved on from it. And it keeps coming up and again and again when you talk to them. Uh, but we need to be moving forward. Keep moving on. Not get caught up in the mistakes. Joseph doesn't seem to, to let it uh, trouble him too much that the chief cupbearer uh, forgot him. The chief cupbearer doesn't seem to be bothered too much, except look at his response in Genesis chapter 41, verse 9. We don't, read, we don't know all of how the cupbearer responds, but he says, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. The cupbearer takes ownership for his mistake right there. I am reminded of my shortcomings. He doesn't seem to try and make excuses for what he did. He simply says, I goofed. I forgot. I made a commitment to someone and I forgot to do it. And as soon as he, he, Pharaoh talks to him about the dreams, he's reminded of his shortcomings and he admits it. He says, I, today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. He explains the situation and Joseph uh, gets called to... Uh, to interpret Pharaoh's dream. The cupbearer was not afraid to take ownership from his mistakes, of his mistakes. And so we see when we need to do that too. So God can bless despite mistakes. And we see how that, uh, despite the mistake of the cupbearer forgetting Joseph, we see how that ends up moving on and works actually for Joseph's favor. This is called grace, isn't it? This idea of forgetting the mistakes, of moving, moving on from them, of going to God and asking for forgiveness and receiving that forgiveness from God. There's a picture of grace in there. Of God not holding, us, holding it against us, but allowing us forgiveness, giving us forgiveness for our mistakes. And blessing us despite our mistakes. Giving us eternal life despite our sins. That's what grace is all about. And we need to accept that and understand that and appreciate that from God. The next thing we see is, and we can see is that God can bless through an unexpected channel. And here, you never would have thought that Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who in all likelihood 
did not respect, did not acknowledge Yahweh as the Lord of heavens and uh, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. But somehow he turns and he blesses Joseph, and he takes this Hebrew, uh, this foreigner, and he says, "I'm going to make you second in command of the whole nation of Egypt." God blesses through unexpected channels. God takes uh, this and blesses Joseph, his family, and ultimately the nation of Israel through, uh, through Joseph and interpreting dreams. Did Joseph imagine when he interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer or the baker that he would be second in command of all of Egypt? No, he wasn't expecting that. When Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember him, he was thinking, well, maybe I'll get released from prison. Maybe I could go back to Egypt. Maybe he's thinking I can go back to Potiphar or something. He's not, I don't imagine he is thinking, uh, when the cupbearer remembers me, I'm going to be the second in command of Egypt. I'm sure he had nothing like that in his mind. This happens through an unexpected channel and in an unexpected way. We never know how God is going to bless us. We need to be looking for those blessings and looking to see the ways that God may bless us. We had a tremendous blessing when we first went to the mission field. When we went to the mission field, we started to get these letters from this lady in our church. Her name uh, was Gloria, Gloria Kellich. She's gone to be with the Lord now. And she started, and we got to the mission field, we started to get birthday cards for all of us from her. We started to get letters from her. We got anniversary cards and Christmas cards from her. And letters just saying, little notes saying, I'm praying for you. I pray for you you and your family every day. And when we started to get these letters, Lydia and I sort of looked at these letters and we looked at each other and we said, do you know who Gloria is? And we, we, we had no idea. We couldn't ever remember meeting her. We are, we are going to a church of about, that had about 250 people, so we knew most of the people in the church, but we couldn't remember Gloria. She was a quiet, retired school teacher who, uh, um, who, was, who was not terribly active in the church, but she prayed like crazy. And so we got out our church directory. And at that time we had a photo directory and we, and so we could see, we could see her picture and we thought, well maybe when we see her picture we'll remember her. And we looked at her picture and we said we have no memory of her. And for years she prayed for us every day. This lady who we didn't know, and of course once we got back to Canada and, 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 uh, came back and, and went to church again, we, uh, we connected, made sure we connected with her and got to know her. She was a lovely lady who prayed furiously for us. But we never expected that. We never, we never thought that this would be a way that God would bless us through some person we didn't even know. And she turns around and prays for us and our family every day. What a wonderful blessing that was. And we never know how God is going to bless us. We need to be looking for those ways that God is blessing us. Because sometimes God can bless us and it just passes us by. We don't even really think about it. We don't even notice. And here, uh, Joseph gets blessed through an unexpected channel, through Pharaoh himself. So we never know how God is going to bless us. We just need to look and, and, and think about it. And look for those ways that God blesses us. Stop and take time in your life and say, how has God blessed? 
Is there some way that God has blessed and I, I hadn't really seen it coming that way? And so we can do that. It's worth doing that, to stop and say, how has God blessed us? How has God blessed me? And look for those ways, maybe even unexpectedly. Through unexpected people or unexpected ways, uh, God has received a blessing. A friend of ours, just this week we were talking with him and he's quitting his job and going back to, to school to do an MBA. And they were wondering, how, how are the finances ever going to work out for this? Uh, they're, they're, they, they, just, they didn't know, but they had a sense that this is what, where the next step God had for them, was for him to quit his job and go back to school and do an MBA. And just as they're wrestling with this, and they hadn't, uh, they hadn't they, he had pretty much decided to, to do this, but they really weren't sure how it's going to work out. His mother gets a call from his, her financial advisor and says, you know, you've got a lot of money sitting in a retired, retire, not retirement, a registered education savings plan. What are you going to do with it? And then she said, well, all my kids have finished school, but my son, he's just planning to go back for his MBA. Can he use it? And they said, sure. And so, out of the blue, his mom phones him and says, hey, I've got some money for you to go back to school with. You never know how God is going to bless. And that's just one example, but you don't know how God is going to bless. But God can bless us in many ways. And we need to stop and take a look and see the blessings that uh, God has given. So what do we see here? What do we see in in, uh, Genesis 40 and 41? We see God blessing Joseph. God blesses him through faithful service. God blesses Joseph even through mistakes that are made. Somehow there's still a blessing that comes. And God blesses Joseph through these unexpected channels. We need to look for God's blessing in our lives. We don't know how God is going to bless. We don't know how it's all going to unfold. But we need to look and and look for those blessings. Take time and stop and say, how has God blessed me? Reflect on your life. Even this week, how has God blessed? Because He has. Sometimes it's our perspective that's wrong, that we don't stop and we don't look at it and we don't, See, we don't look for the blessings. We look for the difficult times. Instead, we need to stop and look for the blessings. And then respond to God. And thank Him. And bless Him for what He has done for us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the story of Joseph and for uh, the story of blessings that come to Joseph. Lord, help us to see the blessings in our lives. Through the ups and downs of life, Lord, help us to see the blessings. Lord, help us to not focus on the troubles, but help us to see the blessings coming from your hand. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.